0: have your Bibles for a few moments this morning I would like to take you to the Old Testament writings of Jeremiah I come today to preach more from a burden and a passion than anything else if there has ever been a time that we needed divine direction we need it in the present darkness that we are living in And I pray that if there was ever a time that we could hear the word of the Lord, we would hear it now. I believe our country is at a crossroad today. And I believe that there are forces that are marshaled against our beloved country. I still love it. Amen. I love it. Now some of you have never been outside the United States, but I've been outside the United States And as bad as you might think America is, nothing compares to this great country that we live in. Europe, South America, Central America, way out in Asian area, there is no place like the United States of America. The liberties that we enjoy and they are in question today The question, I guess, that is going to have to be answered is what path are we going to follow and what road will we walk? There are so many currents that are converging right now at this time upon us as a people. And even in the church, I feel like that we are feeling the same thing inside the church that's going on in the world. There is a turbulence And there are spirits that are loosed in this hour that are going to need careful navigation. When Harvey hit, our niece and nephew, Brother and Sister Smith, at Pastor and Dickinson, their home was flooded, and I had to go try to rescue them. I could not get to their house. I could only get within about a mile and a half of their home, and they had to kayak out of the neighborhood for me to pick them up, what they didn't realize is that on the way, there was a cross current of water that was feeding into that large body that they were paddling across that could not be seen by the eye, but the turbulence was so powerful that when they reached it, It began to turn their their kayaks away from the direction they were going, and in particular my niece, Sister Kim, her uh, boat, her her kayak was overpowered by the force. She couldn't row hard enough, and it was turning her in a direction away from where she was trying to go. If it had not been for the help of her son, uh, the outcome could have been uh, disastrous, but uh, somebody was able to help her. And I, as I laid down last night, I thought about that. I, I thought that's, that's what I feel like we're in right now. We're trying to get to a destination, but there are these cross currents that are rushing in upon life and they're pushing our vessel one direction or another. And it's so important that we not lose sight of where we are going. And so I take you to the writings of Jeremiah chapter 6 and I am going to read to you uh, from this particular portion of scripture that the Lord has spoken to me from uh, over the last little while and I guess it all kind of congealed last evening and I am very much Stirred by what the Lord spoke to me. I want to read from the New Living Translation. It's uh, a little clearer uh, translation of this particular passage. But verse 16, the word of the Lord says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's that's not the road we want. Stop at the crossroads. Stop at the crossroads. Go with me now to the book of Luke. I will hold that verse. I'll get it to you in a moment. I just feel like I need to talk to you right now. Amen. I want to talk to you about crossroads and cross-currents. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah is certainly relevant to us in the hour in which we live. The more that I read the book of Jeremiah, the more I understand why he was labeled the, the weeping prophet. He wept for a reason. Because though he would bring the word of the Lord to his people, they seemed to have no ear or stomach to hear what God had to say. Judah was on the verge of moral and spiritual collapse. This was a prelude to the physical downfall of their nation that was soon to come. But they were already in spiritual declension. And God, as he always has, sent a prophet. He sent a man to give them a message of help and instruction and advice and encouragement. God is speaking here in Jeremiah to give direction to a nation that was in trouble. They had drifted away and their society had degenerated to such a place that no man could be found that would do justly or seek truth. Immorality was rife and the word of God was scorned. New political forces were emerging with a better way, a more sociable way. They were looking to the wrong sources for their help. They felt like Egypt, would be their salvation instead of the Lord. And they began relying and pursuing that path toward help from that outside source. They were a people who had embraced rebellion and had shunned obedience. They were active in reformation, but they were rejecting repentance They were realigning themselves and they were trying to find help from these hopeful suitors. They were, as it is said of those on the sinking Titanic, they were rearranging the deck chairs while the boat was going down. They repositioned themselves but they wouldn't repent. They found a new love but they did not embrace their true love. They reorganized but they never recognized their need of God's presence in their life. Principle in their time had been lost to politics and by that I'm not referring to Republican or Democrat. I'm referring to that which is expedient and convenient. That which is easy and at hand that which requires no change on my part but I can still enjoy all of the blessings and the benefits of God's hand upon my life. It is that spirit that checks the wind in the morning to see which way it's flowing so that they know which way to turn their face and their direction and because they were morally and spiritually blind and bankrupt. They were gullible to follow any path that had been offered to them even though there were disastrous consequences that would follow. Their political insight they failed to understand had its dependence on their moral integrity. And when their moral integrity had been compromised, there was no way for them to accurately tell the difference between right and wrong or light and darkness. That's why the scripture declared that they would call light darkness and darkness light. They had priests and prophets, but they were only men who came to tell them what they wanted to hear. They created a culture and an atmosphere. That was conducive to them. I was talking with a friend recently. And he was talking about uh, all of these church gurus. That can tell you how to grow your church. And how to expand the borders of your church. And the, some of the things that they mentioned. I, I have no problem with doing those things. But the problem that I have is. That we are trying to make church comfortable to us. And church was never designed to be comfortable to us. It was designed to be converting of us. It was designed to be the saving of my life, not the coddling of my temperament. Amen. They had priests and prophets that were saying, all is well peace, peace when there was no peace. False convictions and misplaced trust and confidences in the wrong things caused them to be overconfident in their own powers, in their material goods, and in their possessions. And they would even go as far to say, God won't do anything about it. For the people of God, there were basically three ways that they could hear vital information and they received vital information for their life. One was by way of the watchman that stood on the wall He was there for a purpose to tell them what he saw coming and what he perceived could be coming their direction. And it was their responsibility to pay attention to the watchman because he was not there to irritate them. He was not there to aggravate them. He was there to help them. And he not only came with a voice to cry out what he saw but to declare what was to be. They only, that was one way that they received direction and information. Another way was by way of the trumpet that would be blown and there were certain signals that would be given that when they heard the blast they knew it was time to worship, it was time to pray. It was time for this or that or whatever other thing it had been designated for. And the third way that they received vital instruction and information and direction were by signifiers that were placed in the high places around the city and the area that would give off a distinct sign that they would know. We need to marshal together. We need to turn. The enemy is at our hand and we need to do something about it. And what's so sad is that for God's people, they had all three of these going for them. They had a watchman on the wall. They had the trumpet that was sounded and the signal fires that were burning. Yet in spite of God giving them all of these ways to receive vital information, they were not awakened because they were not Listening. They were not stirred because they were not listening. They had turned off the volume. They were not interested in what God had to say. They were only concerned with how they wanted to feel. I need to go to a place that makes me feel good about myself. Well, I have a question to ask you. If you are eaten up with cancer and you went to a doctor for a diagnosis, would you want a doctor that would just make you feel good about your problem or tell you how to fix your problem? That's the difference of what we need in the day in which we live. Not somebody that will just tickle the ear and make us feel good about ourselves. But what is God to say about us? What is God speaking to us in this hour? And what is God trying to get our attention concerned? And though they had the, the, the watchman on the wall and they had the trumpet that was sounding, none of these avenues mattered because they weren't listening. What makes it even more difficult to understand is that they were still going to church and doing all of that. Just like we have. They didn't stop going to church when all this was going on. They kept coming to church They sat in the same pew they always sat in. They mouthed the same word they always mouthed. I mean how many times have some of these verses been put before us and we go through the ritual and the routine but it never reaches the heart. It never gets down to where we're living. It it doesn't speak its message to us and I'm here to tell you that every service there is a God designed for every service to speak to my heart and speak into my life and help bring me where I need to be to help me fight the currents that are pushing in my life and moving me in direction that I don't need to go. But they were not listening. I wonder how many of us are really listening this morning. When we were singing about all these wonderful things, I thought, God, are we really listening to what we're singing? Because if we really listen to what we're singing... And we allow that message to truly speak to us. It has to move us. It has to move us. There's got to be something that stirs. When I realize that I am accepted, I am loved. God came all the way from the throne of glory and wrapped himself in flesh so that he could give himself a sacrifice for my sin so that I could stand here today and lift my voice and thank him for redemption and thank him for the power of his blood that is able to wash away all of my sin. Something needs to penetrate my heart when I sing those things. Man, yet in spite of all of these things, they were not listening and they were still going to church. That's the irony, the deeper irony. They were still going through the rituals of worship. They observed their holy days. Read it Isaiah 1, Micah 6, Amos 5. You'll find throughout Jeremiah the same message. They observed the ceremony of service, but gave no submission to the Spirit, they gave observance to the ceremony. But they gave no room for the Spirit to move in their life. They knew all the words, they sang all the choruses they knew the right thing to do church attendance was up during this time they had not forsaken the house of the Lord they were still coming they were still offering their sacrifices even though they meant nothing to God because they didn't come from a sincere submitted heart they just came out of an obligation they felt like if I do this then God owes me this and God's going to bless me no matter what I do no matter how I live God God loves me. He's going to bless me. He doesn't care what my lifestyle is. He is going to come. He's going to help me. He's going to do what I need. And they failed to realize that God was ashamed of their behavior. There was a lot of show, but there was no Shekinah. There was a lot of noise, but there was no anointing. There were many songs. Read it. It's in the chapter we just read our verse from. They sang, but there was no worship. When the preacher spoke, it didn't produce anguish, it only produced anger. They were shaken with anger, not with brokenness. They were not shaken, but became more stubborn. Their complacency and their unconcern caused them to say, he will do nothing. He will do nothing. And I fear as it was in Jeremiah's days, there are those who are not listening even today. In an hour when there are currents sweeping in from every direction. And there is this crossroad this juncture of many paths and highways that we have come to in life. And what are we going to do? And what are we going to decide? And how are we going to move forward from this place? They needed to inquire. They needed to stand in the ways, the Bible said. They needed to stop at the crossroads and say, Hey, wait a minute. What do we do now? What's the next step for us? We're at the crossroads. What are we going to do now? How are we going to traverse these days? In the words of the great poet James Russell Lowell in his poem, The Present Crisis, he summarizes the issue in Israel's life. He said, once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide in the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. And Israel was at the crossroads. Amen. The crossroads. The most dangerous place in the world are crossroads. Because you have to be careful that people are observing the signs. I I, I Googled that the, the the most dangerous crossroads and the most dangerous crossroads is a place, I believe, in Ethiopia where there are no signals and there are no directional lights and people come to that intersection of several highways and it looks like a mass suicide about to take place. You've never seen such chaos And confusion because when you get in that vortex of all of these moving parts and and all of these different areas people are coming from, which is the right way to go? Which is the right direction that I need to take from here? And it would be so easy in that moment to veer off in the wrong direction and, and take a wrong turn. And so it is with Israel and even with us today. There are converging roads and paths and ideas and ideologies and philosophies that are confusing and conflicting and one who can come to these type of intersections and not be concerned. I am concerned for you. You need to be stirred today. So how do you navigate these troubled places in life? How do you get through and keep on the right course. God said I'll tell you Israel. You're at that place. There's this convergence. Of all of these different dependencies in your life. You have gotten to where you depend on these things more than you depend on me. And you trust them more than you trust me. All of them are converging now. And you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a choice. Which way? Which way? Am I going to go? Which road will I take from this juncture? How do you navigate troubled places in life like this? The word of God gives clear instruction. He said, when you come to the crossroads, stop, stand, stop moving. Take a moment and look around. Don't just keep going on headlong as if it doesn't matter the outcome. I'm telling you, it does matter the outcome because eternity is at stake right now. Your destiny is at stake right now. Your spiritual future is at stake right now. And some of you are too asleep to even know what's going on right now. And you're not hearing because you're not listening. You know, just because you have ears doesn't mean you really hear. And we all have ears. At least everybody I've seen this morning does. But it doesn't mean that we're listening. And here's the deal, church God is speaking. We may not like what He's saying, we may not like how it ruffles our feathers. We may not appreciate it at the moment. There's been many times in my life when God has spoken to me that at that moment... I didn't appreciate it. I didn't value it for what it was. But I learned a long time ago to embrace it. Because when God speaks to me, he's always going to speak good into my life. And when God sends a message, he sends it for my good. And whether I like it or not, I need to learn how to wrap my arms around it and embrace it and say, Yes, Lord, if this is your will and this is your way, then I will walk in it. Stop. I wish I could say that to somebody here today. Stop the direction you're going. You just keep barreling on through life like it really doesn't matter. And the truth is, you're at a crossroad. All of these things that have influenced life filter in at this moment. These currents are flowing. You don't see them. Rip tides are one of the most dangerous things that a person can encounter when they go to the ocean. And the tragic thing is, rip currents cannot always be seen with the eye. Do you know what they read? That the only way you can truly see rip currents is to be at a high enough elevation that you can tell. But when you're down at sea level, And you're just walking along, playing in the surf. You don't think much of it. You think, oh, this is a beautiful day. What a great thing. What a great opportunity. not, Not realizing that something is sinister going on. It's not seen on the surface. It may not even be visible by the naked eye where you're at. But there's a tide that's pulling out And it catches people. Sometimes it will move as fast as two miles an hour. And that is way faster than a human can swim. And many people die every year from ripped tides and currents of that. And you don't see it. That's why you need a watchman. That's why you need somebody in your life that said, Hey, don't keep going that way. Stop. There's an intersection ahead. Come out. There's no lights there. There's no signposts there. You're going to have to go by something internal. You're going to have to go by something you hear to get you through. He said, stop. Stand. Stand at the crossroads. Quit moving. Quit barreling on through life too busy doing your thing to stop and ask if this is God's thing. Too busy caught up in your own affairs to ask, is God concerned about the affairs of my life? He said, stop. Stand at the crossroads and see. When I first, that verse came to me my, my, my mind, I, I didn't have that word in there. In my mind, I read stand at the ways and ask. But before you ask, the scripture tells them to see. Open your eyes and look around you. Look and see where you're at. Because if you can ever open your eyes and see where you're at, you will not want to keep going there. You'll turn around. You'll make an effort to adjust your life and change your way. See, consider if I keep moving this direction, what's the outcome going to be? If I keep living like this, what's the result going to be? Where is this road taking me? Take a moment. Take heed perceive, look after look about, learn about where you're at right now see open your eyes quit walking through life with blinders on only seeing what you want to see oh I don't want to hear that no I don't want to see don't tell me that preacher Take a moment and look around. There's many opportunities here. You're at the crossroads. You can go any direction, but will that direction be toward God? Will it be toward His purpose? Or will it be only to satisfy my own desire? And fulfill my own lust for life. Amen. Stop, stop. See, and then ask, inquire, talk to somebody. Talk to the traveler. That's come. talk to somebody that's been here before. Ask him, how do I get through this? How do I get past this current that's pushing? I'm going to need help, certainly. I can't do it by myself. But inquire. Request somebody to help you. Seek God. Seek Him first. There are many choices that are before us right now. And many new paths that are being recommended. And they are new paths. Not really. They're just an old lie wrapped in a new garment. Hey Amen. They're just an old lie wrapped in a new garment. What am I going to do at the crossroads? The world confuses change with progress and so we embrace change Because that's going to bring us further down the road. Yes, it will bring us further down the road. But will it take us down the right road? That's the question. That was what God wanted to know from Israel. You are going to move past this moment. But when you move past this moment, when you deal with these cross currents, when you come through it, Which direction are you going to be pointing? And where will you be headed? And then he said, ask for the old paths. Now listen to me. Some people equate old paths to old ways. That's not what he's talking about. This is not just talking about going back and doing it like we did in the 30s or the 40s like some people might want. That's not what the old paths are. The old paths that are spoken of here are the old truths. The old truths. What stood the test of time. What has been true from the beginning of time. That's what you want to go back to. That's the principle that you want influencing your life. You want to go back to what is true from the beginning not how it's been altered in the process of time, but what has stood the test of time, the ancient truths. And what's so interesting to me is when I got to studying that word, the root word for old is eternal. Eternal. We're dealing with eternal matters here. We're not dealing with temporary things that will fade and fashions that come and go and likes that. I mean, I've lived long enough to see retro stuff come back into style and go out of style. I've lived long enough to see so many changes in the likes and the dislikes of people in life. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something that's everlasting something that's enduring, something that's eternal. It's called the good way. Somebody say that with me. It's the good way. It's the good way. Come on, say that with me. It's the good way. The old path, that everlasting truth, that truth that's connected to eternity, that when you obey it and when you submit yourself to it, it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. It's rich. Everybody say it's rich. It's better. It's, say it's better. it's better. It's better. It's better. It's prosperous. It's the blessed way. It's the good way. That's what I need. Mean. I want the path that is blessed. I want the path. That is anointed. And he said, once you have stopped, once you have stopped and you've taken inventory and you've looked and you've opened your eyes to see. I'm going to tell you what right now. I believe that if America could have an awakening of our eyes to be open to the reality, we would change the direction that our country is headed right now. But there are too many people that are blindly following the blind. And when you blind, lead the blind, what happens? They all fall in the ditch. Somebody needs to get their eyes open and see, oh, this is the way. This is the... And ask, is this the right way? Has this worked in the past? I want to tell you something, young people. Listen to me. There's some old gray-haired people in this building. I don't use that in, in, in any kind of derogatory way. But I'm telling you, they're gray because they've been through some stuff. They're gray because they've lived long enough to know what works and what doesn't work. And what you need to do is embrace something like that and say, Hey, what did it take for you to get where you are right now? I want that in my life. Then he said, you walk in it. And then walk in it. That's intentional. It's purposeful. You know, it's not enough to see the good way. You've got to walk. Amen. It's not enough just to recognize that's the good way. You've got to put effort into it. You've got to make the choice. This is the way I'm going to live. Israel was at the crossroads. And God had sent them a messenger. He sent him a watchman. He sounded the trumpet. I wish they could throw those verses back up, but I don't have time to go through all of them. But if you read down past verse 16, it said the watchman cries, but you said I don't want to hear what he has to say. The trumpet sounded. But I'm not interested in that sound. I've got a new tune. I'm a, I'm, I'm tuned in. I've got a new sound that I'm listening to. I'm not interested in that old trumpet blast. I want to hear something that's a little more in tune with my feelings. And and and, and that's more in line with, with, with the way I like to do life in church. You know, I want to be able to keep living the way I've always lived. And still have church and embrace all of the, the rituals. But... But you can do all of that and not have the power. You can do all that and not have the Spirit. Here is the one test, the litmus test, by which you can judge if you are in the right path. You listening to me? I want to tell you how you can tell whether you're on the right path or not. There's going to be peace that follows. Read it. It's in your Bible. Ask For the old ways wherein is peace for the soul. If there is turbulence in your life right now. And there's turmoil in your marriage and your home and there's strife in your life. I'm here to tell you it's very possible you may be walking down the wrong path and you need to stop long enough to say, hey, where am I at? What am I doing here and which way am I going to go from here? And open your eyes and look around and discern which is the right way and ask Somebody help me. I need direction today. I need somebody to point me to Calvary. I need somebody to help me find my way back to God. Amen. Stand with me if you will. Here's the question of the hour for us as a people and for our nation. Are we going to obey His word? Are we going to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God? Are we going to seek His face? Will we dare to ask of Him the right way? Amen. God, help me today. We're at the crossroads. The currents are sweeping in. They're dangerous. It's dangerous. Dangerous. What we need at the crossroads more than anything is guidance, direction. Amen. Psalm 1611 said, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. You see, there's something about getting into the presence of the Lord. You don't get into it just because you came to church. Israel did that. They came every Sunday. They didn't miss a word. They knew all those songs that you sang. They say every word of it, they just didn't mean any of it. It never got past their mouth, never penetrated their heart, never got into their thinking. They brought their offering, they brought their sacrifices. God said, I don't want your sacrifice because it's not being brought out of the spirit of need or submission. It's ritual. It's just become what you do like being a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or whatever. Whatever title you want. They were still going to church doing all this stuff. Didn't realize that they were at a crossroad. Amen. The decisions that you and I make at the crossroads are critical to our destiny. What we need more than anything right now is the help and the hand of God. God help me Help me to have ears that can hear. Help me to have eyes that can see. Help me, God. We're in dangerous waters. We're in troubling times. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you are not shocked by what even happens. And Israel had come to the place where they didn't even blush anymore for their behavior. They continued to live in their sin and still come to church and think God's going to bless me because I came to church. They still live in their sin and felt like God would not really pay that much attention. He's not going to do anything anyway. God sends a weeping prophet (laughs) I understand more today why Jeremiah wept as he did because I have felt that same brokenness for our people today people that have eyes but they're not seeing they have ears but they're not hearing And if we do not have eyes to see or ears to hear, how can we know? How can we tell? Which direction? The current. The current is moving this way. But is that really where God's trying to take me? The only way you can determine that is to stop long enough to say, Hey, If I get to the end of this road, what's it going to produce? What's it going to yield? When I get to the end of this path, what result am I going to have? And God said, I want to tell you the best way. The best way is to humble yourself before my hand. The best way is to submit yourself. Say, oh God, I have ears, but I've not always heard. I have eyes, but I've not always seen. But oh God, if there was ever an hour, I need you to awaken my spirit. Open my eyes. Open my ears. I thought I would call you to I need you to speak to me, Lord. I need you to speak to me. My eternity is in the balance today. My eternity is in the balance today. Hallelujah. It would be a great morning for somebody to get close to the Lord. It'd be a great morning for somebody in this building to make up your mind. I'm going to serve Him. It'd be a great moment for you to bow yourself before His mighty hand and say, God, open my eyes, open my ears, help me to see, help me to be able to discern, help me to know, help me to be able to understand the right way, the right path, that I might walk in it. I would that everybody in this building would pray with me right now. If you don't feel comfortable coming to an altar, will you make the pew where you are an altar? Would you do that? If you're not comfortable coming to the front, would you at least make an altar where you are right now and ask God, Oh Lord, if there's ever been an hour we needed to hear from you, we need to hear from you now. If there's ever been an hour we needed a word from you. The watchman's on the wall, but I don't hear what he's saying. I can't understand. I can't perceive. The trumpet's sounding, but I don't know what that means. The warning comes, but I'm too busy. I'm too caught up in my own thing to be stirred. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 I need to seek the Lord. I need to seek the Lord. I need to seek Him today. I need to ask. I need to ask. God, I need direction. I need you to help me. I'm not doing too good. I'm not, I've am not. i not done too well with, with my choices, my decisions. I've made some mistakes, God, that I need to get corrected in my life. I need my... Feet set on the straight path. I need my heart turned in the right direction. I love too many things in this world. I'm too attached to too many things in this world. I'm too enamored by the lights and the glitter and the appeal to my senses. Oh God. Oh God, would you come and speak in this place today? No no doubt, this this is what Jeremiah confronted. This is what Jeremiah faced when he preached this same message. Oh, awaken us, Lord. Stir us today, O God. Open our eyes, Lord, that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Oh God. Oh, that we would wait upon the Lord. Oh, that we would inquire of the Lord. God, is this that I'm doing, is it pleasing to you? Is the direction that I'm moving, is that direction you want me to go, is that the path that I need to follow? God's advice at the crossroads is to stop, stand still, consider, quit moving headlong into your own passions. Oh God, oh God, the old paths, the eternal things, eternal, 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 hallelujah. Open our ears, Lord. We need an awakening today. We need an awakening today. We need an awakening today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, speak to us right now. Speak to us right now. Awaken, 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 awaken. Awaken, awaken, Lord, awaken, awaken. If you're with your family, would you join hands with them right now? And just ask the Lord to give you direction in this hour if you're a father you're a husband ask the Lord to give you wisdom to know the right path to know the right steps to take God today we need you more than we've ever needed you before we can go to church we can go through all the rituals we can go through all of the routines And never see change in our life. We've got all of the trappings around us. But none of the spirit within us. Oh God. Stir us today. Awaken us today Lord. That we would want to seek after you. Am I going in the right way? Am I living a life that is pleasing to you? Am I living a life that is honoring you? You said if I will honor you, then you will in turn honor me. Oh God. Oh God. Let me be mindful of that today. Let me be mindful of that today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.